But we just don't got to do it here. We can do it everywhere. We can always meet up. We can always, we can always connect. Right? God's got kingdom connections for us. They don't need to take place three minutes before church and three minutes after church, right? If it's a kingdom connection, we should make time for it. I'm speaking to myself as well, not just you guys. All right. Well, good morning. Uh, most of you guys know who I am, but there are some faces out there I have never seen before. And I, if I haven't seen you, then I'm assuming I don't know you. And I'm glad you're here. So thank you for being here this morning. Uh, my name is Pastor Jeremy. And... Um, I am not the lead pastor here. The lead pastor should be right there. However, he's still in Georgia with Debbie. Um, they're still with their son, Brandon, helping him recover. And they will be making their way back to New York this week. And um, he will be back next week. So continue to be praying for their son, Brandon, recovering from his surgery. And that they have safe travels on the way home because they will be driving. And um, that they can be refreshed and recouped and ready to pour into us next week. Um, really important. Thank you to our praise and worship team for continuing to set the stage here. You guys did an unbelievable job setting the stage, inviting the spirit. We're so glad for what you guys do and the way that you set us up through the music and lyrics and things like that. But when we sing this song, Graves to Gardens, um, I don't know, every time I sing it, it's got different, different things to me. I've seen a few gardens in my life, and you wouldn't think, I don't garden, first of all. That lady right there, whose birthday it is today, she gardens. Um, happy birthday. You're welcome. Um, I do not garden. I mow lawns. So if there's anything in the way, I run it over. All right, that, that's the tune of my gardening. But my gardening started a long, 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 long time ago where I decided to work for my grandfather. <laughs> Little did I know, my grandfather was a dentist and he had gardens. He didn't just have a garden. He had plant gardens, like flowers, like blossoming flowers over on North George Street. And they're absolutely beautiful. However, you don't want to learn how to take care of a garden when you're about 12 or 13 years old. Because I had no patience for that. But I also had an opportunity to look at gardens when I was in Singapore. Um, I, I got the opportunity to go to Singapore when I was in the military. And the gardens that are in Singapore and Japan and places like that are absolutely amazing. And we think about what a garden really is. Yes, it brings life. It brings fruit. But when I'm thinking about a, a garden of flowers, it's just beautiful. It's undescribable. It's got a scent like no other. Um, so as we sing that song, we talk about graves. Like we think about death is like this ugly place and it's somber and it's morbid and, it, and we all mourn from it. When we think about gardens, we got to be thinking about life because that's what God has for us. There is a time to mourn. There is a scene to mourn. It says that in the Bible. But we're about life, and not just life here on earth. It's about everlasting life. So no matter where we are, no matter what we're going through, we've got to know that there's life on the other side of it. And it's just one step away. And that has nothing to do with what I'm going to talk about today. So let's get started. <laughs> but I don't know about you guys. I get bombarded with news articles and things all the time, and most of them I just push aside, but this one really, really stuck with me. So before I even get into preaching, I just want to share something that, that I came across a few weeks ago, right before the new year, and take a, a few minutes to uh, talk about it with you. I got an article from the YouVersion Bible. How many people use the YouVersion Bible? It's a Bible app that's on, you can get for your phone. If you don't use it, or you don't use it on your phone, or technology's not your friend, 
I'm not condemning you or anything like that. If you do have a phone or you use an iPad or whatever you use, I would highly recommend that you get it, right? Because one, I have my Bible everywhere I go because it's on my phone, all right? The YouVersion Bible is a Bible that is, in my eyes, one of the most magnificent tools that God has put out there for people, not just here in the United States, but all over the world, all right? It, having God's Word at the tip of our fingers at any time we need it. It's an excellent resource, and like I said, I take it with me everywhere I go. But this article revealed what the most shared, bookmarked, and highlighted verse of the year was in the, in the United States. Actually, let me be corrected, all over the world. And Pastor Gabe and I talked about this earlier. This app that I'm talking about has been downloaded throughout the world 500, 545 million times. 545 unique million unique users have the Bible in their hands because of this app. All right? But over, and it's also, which is even more remarkable, it's translated in 19,000, 19, excuse me, 1,900 languages. So it's just not in the United States and in French. 1,900 different languages that's translated in, which is absolutely amazing. It's got Bible plans on it. It's got unbelievable things. It's got videos if you don't even want to read. I mean, it is, it's unbelievable, and God has just blessed us with this. Um, but as I go, went through 2022, I just think they shared, this article shared what was the most bookmarked, highlighted, and in, in, um, bookmarked, shared, and highlighted verse of the year. But I want you to think when I read this to you and you see it up here, how relevant and applicable was this to you as well? So it's Isaiah 41. It says, do not fear, for I am with you. How many people needed that this year, right? Do not dismay, for I am your God. How many of us needed that relief this year? And what do we get out of it? I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous hand. Now when we think about this, in the whole Bible app itself, there was 2 billion, they have the, the algorithms to figure this out, 2 billion total bookmarks, highlights, and shares this year. 2 billion people took time, or two different, that, to, to mark things or share them or get them out there. You, what we can see from this is people are searching. People want to know more. People want to have a place to go. With everything that's gone over, on over the last few years, it may be COVID, elections, isolation, people are fearful and unsure. People are looking for something to put their trust and confidence in, and there's only one answer. That's Jesus. People are looking for hope, and people are gaining relief from knowing that their strength and ability can come from somewhere else. And it doesn't have to come just from themselves. Come to me, all who are heavy laden and burdened, and I will give you rest. We don't have to do it ourselves. Turning to God is what we're doing. Jesus will uplift us. He will be with us. He will strengthen us. He will never leave us because he is with us. What a comfort does that bring to our ordinary lives. Now that we have this confidence in this scripture that has brought out to us, you know where this was, was downloaded some of the most? In the Ukraine. Ukraine, the, the use of the Uversion Bible in the Ukraine had a 
increased just this year. And some of their top searches were love, war, and peace. People are searching. God's doing amazing things. And we all have that ability. It's amazing to see that increase over such a short period of time. The world is searching for so much more. So as we pray this week and we're led to, led to pray through our praying and fasting, one of the things you can pray for is this app, a simple piece of technology that's affecting millions and millions of people all over the world, that they would place their trust in Jesus and have a, a trust like none other can give us. So let us pray. Dear Lord, as we get into the message today, Lord, we thank you for what you've already revealed through the praise and worship, through a, through a simple article, Lord. People are searching for you. Lord, as, as I speak today, Lord, I ask that you, I be your mouthpiece, Lord. I ask that your spirit flood me, Lord, and what comes out of me be only, only your word and your spirit, Lord. I thank you for each heart, each mind, and each soul that's here, Lord, that they have ears to hear, Lord, and hearts to, to put what into action. Lord, we thank you for, for what you've done in our lives to this point, Lord. But we look forward to what you're going to do in the future. And we'll be sure to give you all the praise and the honor and glory. In Jesus' name, And everybody said, amen. So last week I taught, which this is only the second time that I've ever taught back-to-back. Like Diane's like, she saw me with the mic on. She's like, two in a row. Yeah. Do step. It's challenging. We, it, if you've never done it, and I'm... Believe me, it's a, it, Mr. Jakubiak back there said, people don't know. <laughs> it looks really easy. <laughs> he goes, I was a teacher. I know how hard it is to prepare. It's hard, but God can do it with us. He really, really can, all right? And that's part of it, right, is w- there's no way I'm doing it by myself. There's no way. But with him, all things are possible. But last week I taught and asked us to take this week to do a search and examination of ourselves, Right? All right, using Psalms 139, verses 23 and 24, which I broke down in a, in a deep fashion last week. Um, we're going to review some of what we heard. I'm going to give you a quick recap. But if it's your fir- for you who were here, it's going to be a, reca- or a review. For you who weren't here, it's just going to be a quick recap. But I would really encourage you to uh, go listen to it or see it on YouTube if you haven't and you want to know more information about it because um, I'm not going to be able to go through all of that right now. But last year, or last week I taught, it wasn't last year, it was only a couple weeks ago. Last week I taught about um, Psalms 139, verses 23 and 24, which says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything to me that offends you. And lead me along the path of everlasting life. David was essentially asking God, to do a thorough search of his mind and his heart, asking God to reveal anything that was offensive towards God. We were reminded last week that God has the ability to shine light into our lives and reveal things that were covered up by darkness and bring them to light so that we can make changes in our life that will help us stay on the path of everlasting that he's leading us down. We also learned that it's not safe to follow our hearts. As the world says, because our hearts are deceitful. And often they f- help us to focus on ourselves when God has us to focus on others. As we said, praying this prayer was not going to be an easy feat. It would take courage. But praying this prayer, prayer 
would also have the ability to change our lives forever. So my first question is, is how did this week go? What did God reveal to you? Right? So I said that, you know, we've got to trust God with all these different things. And one of the things I said, like when you say something, you know God's going to put you right in that place and really see how much you trust him, right? And I said last week, one of the things we've got to trust him with is our children. Right? So where do you think God put me this week? <laughs> right in the thick of it. Right? I said last week that God gave us our children as a gift. And if he gave them to us as a gift and they were originally his, how much more does he love them than we do? So this week, I was really challenged with trusting God with my children. All right, my daughter is going to be 16 here shortly, and, you know, 16-year-olds do different things than 7-year-olds, and this is a whole new stage of life, and there's a whole lot of trust that's got to go on when you have your daughter just get in a car with somebody you don't know. Well, not that you don't know them, but, I mean, that you got to trust them with, who's not an adult, right? So I had to trust letting my daughter go in a car with somebody this week. And that was not an easy thing to do because I drive great, in case you didn't all know. <laughs> right? Because <laughs> I've never been in an accident in my life, right? But it was a whole different thing for me. It was, are you really going to do what you said and put your trust in me is what, God what, what, what I felt in my spirit. You said this last week. You said that I love your daughter more than you, because I gave her to you. Why are you not trusting me with her? And by the end of the week, I started to get a peace about this. But it wasn't easy. And it was only because I trusted God. And I know how much he cares about her that I could release her. I'm not going to let her go off with any stranger. Don't get me wrong. All right? But there are things, I think, where he challenges us. And says, are you really doing what you're saying? And this was one of them this week. Um, so I know if I went through that, that so hopefully some of you guys out there had some things revealed to you and were challenged a little bit. If not, all right, my bigger question is, is how long will you go praying this prayer until God reveals something to you? We're going to learn today that some people prayed for a whole heck of a long time before they got answers. Right? I know in this church, there's been things that have been prayed for for years before they were revealed or, or healed or whatever. Right? But how persistent are we going to be? Right? How much are we going to press in and believe for what we're believing? As we begin the 21 days of prayer and fasting, which starts tomorrow, I wanted to share some information with you to set the stage. Here at RLC, I look out at you guys. And I see all sorts of people. I see people who've been praying and fasting for decades. And I see people who this may be the first time they've ever prayed and fasted. Honestly, for a while, I had no idea what I was even doing. All right? I was just going along for the ride. But today, hopefully, what I'm going to do is set a little, shed a little bit of light on why we do what we're doing, what a fast is, why we're praying and fasting, what, what should we be doing, and how, what are some of the benefits of it? So, what is prayer and fasting? Right? We don't generally hear the word fasting other than when it comes to doing medical stuff by giving blood, or right? We all got to fast for 12 hours before we go give blood work. And now something that's becoming more common is intermediate fasting as a type of dieting. 
All right, it, it, it's one of the, the trendiest diets there is right now. Um, however, this word fast or fasting is used in the Bible more than 70 times. It's used by, it was done by heroes in the Bible like Moses, David, Esther, and most importantly, Jesus. Prayed and fasting during different situations in their lives. The Hebrew word for fast is som, which means to cover the mouth. The modern biblical translation means to voluntarily reduce or eliminate your intake of food for a specific time or purpose. I believe the last two things that I said are key. We fast for a specific time and for a specific purpose. And we can see this in example in Jesus' life when we look at Luke 4. Luke 4 says, Then Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan River. He was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, where he was tempted by the devil for 40 days. Jesus ate nothing all that time and became very hungry. Jesus fasted to draw close to his Father and to fight the temptations of the devil. What is a fast? It's setting something aside. In the Bible, it was food. But it doesn't have to be food depending on your condition of your health or things like that. For some of us, food might not be the distraction. It might be TV, social media, music. At one point, exercise for myself was the thing that I had to give up, which sounds t totally counterintuitive. However, that's what was in between God and myself, so I had to eliminate it. We have to set this time aside to create a devoted time to spend with God. We can eliminate things in our lives so we have the ability to focus on God and his ways more. Now that we have an idea of what fasting is also, and how important it is to our lives, we got to know why we fast, pray and fast. Now let's remember, we can't have one without the other. If you just fast, all you're doing is dieting. Right? When we fast, we've got to pray and fast to be able to tap into God's power. The primary reason we fast at the beginning of the new year here is to draw closer to God. Is there anyone here who's got too much of God? I didn't think so, right? So we can always draw closer to him. Fasting allows us to set time aside for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Fasting does not change the plans God has for us, but it sure does allow us to grow closer to God which will help us to understand his ways and help us to gain a new or different perspective as to how we have looked at certain situations or a certain set of circumstances. As we're reminded in Matthew 6.33, we're to seek, the, seek his kingdom and his righteousness and all things will be given to you as well. It says in the, in the Passion Translation, above all, constantly seek God's kingdom and his righteousness. Then all, I like this part, the less important things will be given to you abundantly. How much in our lives do we put things in front of God that really have no eternal value at all? Right? If we seek him first, constantly seek him first, then 
all of the less important things will be given to you abundantly. When we set time for God and make him first, the other things are taken care of. The primary reason we pray and fast is to put God first in our lives. As we start our fast this week, we are believing that beginning the new year with a beginning of drawing closer to God as we ask him to reveal what's in store for us is a great way to have new beginnings. There are several great examples of prayer and fasting in the Bible. One great example is Queen Esther before she gets ready to confront King Xerxes. So as we see in Esther 4, it says, Then Esther sent this answer to Mordecai. Mordecai, go and get all the Jews in Susa together and fast for me. Do not eat or drink for three days and nights, and my woman servants will fast. I and my woman servants will fast too. After we fast, I will go to the king. I know it's against the law to go to the king if he didn't call me, but I will do it anyways. If I die, I die. So really what we got to know here is we got to know all the, all the history before this, right? Queen Esther, right? She's a Jew. They're getting ready to kill all the Jews. But she's going to go before the king and say, hey, look at this. This is who I am. This is what's going on. Save my people. So she was putting it all on the line, similar to what Jesus did for all of us. So before she did this, she asked the people of, Ju- people of Israel to, um, to pray and fast. And she did herself. But she did it for, for many reasons. Esther asked all the Jews to fast, many believe, for wisdom on how to approach the king. Here it says that she couldn't go to the king unless she was called. So she had to come up, God had to reveal a plan to her on how she could approach the king. Another reason was for God's favor on the people during this desperate situation that were soon to face death, including herself. God's favor can change everything. And we can pray for God's favor in all of our circumstances. A very important reason was for courage. Esther knew that the lives of the Jews and her own life was on the line. She knew approaching the king was putting her life on the line, and she needed to pray and fast to fulfill the calling that God had for her on her life to be a bold queen for such a time as this. There are many other reasons for prayer and fasting. Some are displayed in the awesome story of Queen Esther, but there are other reasons in the Bible as well. One is to strengthen our prayer, to give us more faith. Two is to seek guidance. Three is to express grief. Four is for repentance and returning to God. Five, to express concern over God's work. To minister to others' needs. To overcome temptation and dedicate ourselves to God. 
to express love and worship for God. We can pray and fast for protection. And really where it all starts is we pray and fast to humble ourselves before the Lord. There are many reasons why we pray and fast, but the main reason is to draw closer to God. And when we do, there's a huge benefit. As we can see in James 4, where it says, draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. There's no other way to do it. When we grow closer to God, he grows closer to us. It seems like a simple principle, but it takes time, it takes effort, it takes courage, it takes strength, it takes so much. It's easy for us to say, but it's hard for us to do. Drawing close to God taps into the all-knowing, ever-present God who can supply for every one of our needs. But the key to doing so is humility. We must admit to ourselves we are sin of a sinful nature, and we can't navigate this world on our own, and we need God's help in doing so. So when should we pray and fast? There are many different times when we should pray and fast. One, when seeking direction from the Lord. With so many decisions that we have to make, it is often common for us to exclude God in our decision-making process. There are benefits in including him, and that is for sure said. Last week I said, he has the map. He knows the path. He works all things out for good. But how often we get stuck in that pattern of recalculating. Let's take a look at Judges 20. This is verses 26 through 28. It says, All the people of Israel, the whole army, were back at Bethel, weeping, sitting there in the presence of God. That day they fasted until evening. They sacrificed whole burnt offerings and peace offerings before God. And they again inquired of God. The chest of God's covenant was there at the time when Phinehas, the son of Elzar, and the son of Aaron, as they were ministering priests. They asked, Shall we again march into battle against the Benjaminites, our brothers, or should we call it quits? And God said, Attack. Tomorrow I will give you victory. And what do you think happened? The next day, the Israelites, after they prayed and fasted, and more importantly, what did they do? They sought wisdom. They sought guidance. What should we do? If we're going to put lives on the line, what should we do? If I'm going to walk down this path, God, what should I do? God, what do you have before me? The next day, the Israelites went into the battle, battle and they set up an ambush. If you really want to read this, this is like really in-depth, like war planning in the Bible, right? I was totally like jumped in head first, right? They set up an ambush where they retreated and strategically set up the Benjamites for a huge fight. On that day, 25,000 warriors were destroyed, and the city was destroyed as well. Seeking God's guidance led them to victory. If it is a job decision— a college decision, 
who we should date or marry, even as simple as what we should wear for the day, really involving God in the process is only beneficial. It can't hurt us. So seeking God for guidance is a, is a major reason as to why we pray and fast. One of the second reasons why we pray and fast is if we haven't received an answer for our prayers. In chapter 10 of Daniel, Daniel fasted and prayed for revelation and answers to his prayers. And God gave him a vision. But this happened after three years of consistently praying and after four different visions did he get the full picture. How often do we pray and say, hey God, what do you got? This is what I need. And we want it. And if we don't get it, we just move on with what we think is right. Three years and four different times did God give him a vision as to what was supposed to take place. That's not today's society. But it's biblical to do it that way. And that's where we struggle. Because we, are, we, we put time constraints on God. We want him to fit in the microwave. We want to punch the numbers in and we want it to come out ready. But we only benefit from it when we wait. And waiting is the hard part. We must, we must ask and seek and knock, as it says in Matthew 7. It says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, it will be opened. However, we feel that our answers need to come in a timely nature when we need to realize God's timing is the best timing there is. A third reason that we pray and fast is for deliverance or breaking of bondage. When we pray and fast, we're drawing closer to God, and we can be confident in the words of 2 Corinthians 3.17, where it says, Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. We all have hurts, habits, and hang-ups. The bondage and baggage of our lives. However, we need to re be reminded constantly that we have the victory through Christ Jesus alone. Because the Spirit lives within us, and that leads to freedom. I was reminded of a powerful slogan from the kids' cartoon Paw Patrol that says, No job too big, no pup too small. No job is too big for God. No hurt, hang-up, addiction is too big for God. If we put it in his hands and we trust him and we walk down that path, but all we need to do with it is we need to have faith the size of a mustard seed. Itty-bitty. Just trusting God a little bit. And he can move the biggest mountains in our lives. We'll never be able to conquer them on our own. But when we put our faith and trust in God, he's got the ability to move mountains. We pray and fast on the behalf of others. 
We can see in Acts 2, at the church of Antioch, there was a group of prophets and teachers gathered. And it says that, do I have that one? No. It says, I, it, in Matthew 18, 19, I put some of these in, I put, didn't put some of them in, so just, I apologize for that. Again, I say to you, if two of you agree on earth about anything they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or more or two or three are gathered in my name, there I am along, among them. Acts, and this is where it says the church of Antioch. Acts 3.2 says, As they were worshiping, and this is the teachers and the prophets and other people, as they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart Barnabas and Saul for the work to which you have called them. Then after they had fasted and prayed and laid hands on them, they sent them off. We can pray and fast for others. Whether we know the circumstances of their lives or whether we don't, God is still going to be faithful. Right? So on the behalf of others is very, very important because honestly, there's sometimes where we're in the thick of the battle and we can't even pray for ourselves. So it's good to know that there's other people praying for us. There's always people in the background, whether we know it or we don't. We can fast and pray for people as they are sent to do God's work. Anyone who is going to do God's work needs prayer warriors behind the scenes because the battle's real each and every day. The challenges are hard, and there's nothing easy about it. One way that we can do that is by putting what we are... What we are by putting Ephesians 6.18 into action, where it says, pray always, pray in the Spirit, pray about everything in every way you know how, and keeping all things in mind, pray on the behalf of God's people. Keep on praying feverishly, and be on the lookout until evil has been stayed. We are reminded in the Scripture to pray without ceasing. Prayer is such a vital aspect to the success of God's kingdom, and, but we all have to do our part. Another benefit of praying and fasting for others is it takes our focus off us. I'm not, sh I'm not saying that we have to ignore our own issues. I've got enough issues of myself. But when I'm dwelling on my own issues, I can pray for somebody else, and I can put them aside. We all have our own battles, but if we pray for others, it does allow us to take the focus off ourselves and off our own circumstances. So we've talked a lot about what to do, how to do it, why to do it, but we all want to know what benefits are, right? If I'm going to invest in this, what am I going to get out of it? That's the way we're geared to work. If I'm going to go to a job, what's the benefit of it, right? So we must address this. The biggest benefit of prayer and fasting is drawing close to God. It's that simple. Listening for God in his spirit and being led on the path that he has for you. Drawing closer to God narrows our focus and keeps our eyes on the target. It brings clarity as we focus on God. It's like shooting a rifle or a bow. What you are focusing on is clear and everything else around it is fuzzy or blurry. We need a clear picture of God. 
And by praying and fasting, we can gain a better understanding. So how do we do it? We got to have the how. If we know the why, we got to know the how. That's Pastor Gabe's, this Pastor Gabe's big thing. We got to know the how. So how we pray and how we fast is totally up to you. All right? Hopefully you've prayed and considered with God's direction what prayer and fasting will look like for you this year. In our RLC prayer and fasting guide right here, this, this wonderful little thing, if you print it, it'll look like this. Um, as I want to remind you, the PDF form where you can print it is located right on the church website right now, right on the front page. Right? If you don't want to print it, you can still go there and look at it and read it and everything. Other ways that you'll receive it right, is it'll be on your church app, the RLC church app. It'll come out at 5.30 tomorrow morning. The first day will. It'll also be posted on Instagram at 5.30 tomorrow morning. And it'll be posted on Facebook at 5.30 tomorrow morning. So you have four different ways to engage with it depending on what works for you. All right. Um, so I think it's really, really important that you figure out how you're going to do it. Um, I'd like to remind you that prayer and fasting go together. All right. We can't do one without the other. We've got to, I would also encourage everyone to consider their own personal health needs or consult their doctor if, if they have concerns, all right? It might not be for everybody to go without food, all right? And, and please, in the prayer guide, it gives you different ideas of what fasting looks like. There's full fast, there's partial fast, there's Daniel fast, there's media fast, there's different explanations in there, and there's plenty of resources online. Okay, nobody here is saying go starve yourself. That's, that's not it, all right? What we're saying is set time aside, and for most, as we learn in the Hebrew word, it means closing of our mouth, all right? Covering of our mouth and, and, and putting things away. For me personally, when I fast food, every time my stomach grumbles, it reminds me to pray. That's the way I use it, right? When you, your stomach is going to grumble, for me, I use that as a constant reminder of, oh, I got to connect with God again. And guess what? If I give up food, I grumble a lot, inside and outside, right? So that constant reminder to me is, hey, have I connected? Am I, am I tuning back in again, all right? So whatever it may be for you, you've got to understand what that is, all right? For some of us, it might be social media. Every time we go to pick our phone up, oh, I put it down and I spend time with God. Or it might be picking up the TV remote. It might be when we open the refrigerator door. Okay? We, we've got to understand that. So Matthew 6, 18 and, and 20 says this. This is an important part of this, though. Okay? And I use the message translation, which is um, graphic, <laughs> to say there's other translations out there. Biggest thing it says, when. When you fast. Okay? It doesn't say if you fast, right? God calls us to fast. It's biblical, right? There's no commandments that say to fast, but if, 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 the, if the word is saying when, that means it's an expectation. Now, everybody's prayer and fasting is going to look different. Don't get me wrong, but it, we are directed to do this. This isn't something that we made up because we're a bunch of weirdos. 
It's been done for hundreds of thousands of years. Okay, it says when you practice, and I would encourage you to go look at this in the NLT or the New King James or whatever. I just need pictures, right? And this does it. When you practice some appetite-denying discipline, when you pray and fast is what it's saying, right? You better concentrate on God. Don't make a production out of it. Right? Don't make a production out of it. It might turn you into a small-time celebrity, but it won't make you a saint. <laughs> if you go into training inwardly, act normal outwardly. Shampoo and comb your hair if you've got it. Brush your teeth and wash your face. God doesn't require attention-getting devices. He won't overlook what you are doing. He'll reward you well. What he's saying here is, hey, if I'm fasting, that's between me and God. Right? Or it might be between me, God, and a, an accountability partner or two. Right? But it's not that I'm walking down the street, oh, I'm just, oh, gosh. What's wrong with you? I'm fasting and I'm putting God in front, but I'm so hungry. That's a production. Right? That's what the Pharisees did. That's not what we're called to do. If we're trusting God through this process, then we should be higher and elevated and more energetic than we should ever be when we're doing less. Are you going to feel tired? Yeah. Are you going to get headaches? Probably. Right? If I cut sugar out of my life, I'm going to get a headache in a second. There's no doubt. It's not coffee for me. It's sugar. All right? Can't you tell? <laughs> right? Exactly. Right? <laughs> Keep them coming. <laughs> All right? We've got to know that this isn't a production. This is between us and God, and that's the way he designed it, and that's what he wants. Plain and simple, our praying and fasting is between us and God. God knows what we're doing. It's because we have consulted him in the first place. There's no reason to bring attention to ourselves or to others. We should humbly approach the throne of grace. This is not about us. It's about God to reveal to us as we trust and grow closer in him through this consecrated time. So what should this look like? Or what could it possibly look like for you? There are so many suggested things you, will, you may need or what works for you. One, you need to know what God's directed you to fast. And the only way you can get that is by asking him. You need to know what he's directed you to fast. Two, You need to know what time of day and for how long you're supposed to fast. I would not say that this is a scheduled thing, but if you don't set time aside, then you know that time is not on your side. Right? So I would look at your lives right now over the next, you know, 24 hours or whatever it may be and ask God, and hopefully he's already revealed to you, when am I supposed to do this? How much time am I supposed to spend with you? And he'll share it with you. Some people will do it first thing in the morning. 
But if I already read my Bible first thing in the morning, I'm not setting any more time aside if I continue to do it that way. So for me, I've got to find other time to be able to do this, to spend the time with him, which is the extra time, okay? Which means carefully consulting and asking him when, where, how, and why, right? We would encourage you to use the daily prayer devotional and fasting devotional, as we said, so that the body, as a body, we can be praying for the same daily, the daily topics. As, we're, as I talked to you about, you know where they're located, and if you have any difficulty finding them or you want to get plugged into the app or whatever, please see me and I can get you attached to that. Um, I would encourage you that when you do this, have your prayer devotional with you, whatever way it may be, digital or, or paper, all right? Have your Bible and have a journal of some sort, all right? Because it's just, in, see, I can sit, all right, and I think the next slide is, right? John, can you put it up? This is tomorrow, so I'm going to show you what it even looks like. All right, this is tomorrow. You're always going to get a theme, all right? Then you're going to get a scripture that supports it, and then you're going to get a prayer. I can read this in three minutes. I'm not going to understand it in three minutes. That's for sure. So I can read this, but to meditate on it, to stir on it, to let it crock pot in my life, to let it boil up and let all the goodness come out of it, I got to spend time with it. All right? So as I'm spending time with it and God shows something to me, then I write it down. Because if I don't write it down, it's not going to stick. For sure, right? So this is what it looks like. There's going to be a theme, there's going to be a scripture, and there's going to be a prayer. It won't take a whole lot of time, but it'll take all the time that you set aside for God. Okay, and that's the important thing. The more time you spend with it, the more things God's going to be able to reveal to you through it. Okay, and that's power. Other things that I would ask you to do is look at things word by word. Look at the scriptures word by word and dissect them. All right? Each word as you do it. Right? To, if you're struggling with spending more time. You know, a couple other things that you can add to this is one, for me each day, I've got to get back to what this whole thing was founded on. I've got to go back to Psalms 139, verses 23 and 24. Each day I've got to ask God to search my heart. All right? Test me. Know my anxious thoughts. What am I dealing with, God? Reveal them to me. That's going to help me down this process of seeing where I trust and where I don't trust. And then even more to help you get in tune with God is to pray the way he prayed. So I'm going to ask that we all stand to our feet right now. All right? And uh, Matthew 6 is going to come up here. And I'm going to ask that we, this is something we're all familiar with. Every one of us should have a good idea with this or have heard a little bit of it. If you haven't, that's okay, because this can be your first time. All right? But if you pray this every day and we dissect this, your life can be changed. All right? So let's just, it's not a repeat after me thing. Let's say this together. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be that your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and glory forever. 
Amen. You can have a seat. If you spend time with God and you dissect this, and you really, this is life-changing. This is what Jesus prayed. How much better is it to draw closer to him than actually say the same words that he did and look at him that way? There's power. So one of the main reasons we're doing prayer and fasting is to draw closer to God as an individual in a congregation to be refreshed and get a new start. But I would encourage you to be praying about what your part is here at RLC as well. If God has placed you in this body, then he has a fit for you. And where he's got a fit, he's got a function. And where you function, you flourish. God brings all of us from glory to glory. It says that. We also know scriptures that say that all parts of the body have to be doing something. During this time of prayer and fasting, I would ask that you really, really look inwardly and see where God is challenging you to be uncomfortable. What's he asking you to do? How's he asking you to serve? Does he have more for you? Or does he have less? It's really, really important to know those things and seek of how you can be beneficial to the place that he's put you. Hebrews 4.16 says, and it's not going to be up there, let us fearlessly and confidently and boldly draw to the throne of grace, the throne of God's unmerited favor to us sinners, that we may receive mercy for our failures and find grace to help in good time for every need. Appropriate help, well-timed help, coming just when we need it. If you are here today and you're battling your inner condemnation, if you're battling your hurts and your hang-ups and your habits, if you want freedom, I would ask that you boldly approach the throne of grace. If you find your way to the front, we'll pray for you. As we heard today, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. We want each and every person to be able to start this time of prayer and fasting clean and washed anew. And the best way to do that is by asking God for forgiveness so that he can wash us clean and throw away our sins as far as the east is for the west. So if there's anybody here this morning who wants to break that chain, I'm going to ask, it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be comfortable. But it says that we have to come humbly. So if you want a prayer to get washed for clean, and you want repentance this morning so that you can start new as we walk into this time, I'm going to ask that you be courageous and you walk up to the front.
Dear Lord, your word says where two or more are gathered, you are here, Lord. Your spirit is, Lord. So your spirit is with us right now, and we believe that, Lord. Lord, we thank you for all the people who have humbly come before your throne of grace this morning, Lord. Turning over that hurt, hang up, that baggage in their lives that they don't want, Lord. Lord, we thank you for their hearts and their desire to become clean with you, Lord. We ask that they ask for repentance, Lord. Lord, that you wash their, their, their sins away, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that they turn these things over from you, that he cast them to you, Lord, and that you will strike them as far as the east is from the west, Lord. We ask that they're reminded, Lord, that they're, they're clean because of you, Lord, and that no condemnation come against them, Lord. We ask that whatever these hurts, hang-ups, and, and habits may be, Lord, that you help them deal with them, Lord, and that they rely on only you for their strength to do it, Lord. Where we ask that they find accountability in these, in these, these efforts, Lord, so that they're not doing it alone here on earth, Lord, but that, that they know that somebody is there alongside them, Lord, for prayer and guidance and wisdom, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for beginning new. We thank you for new beginnings because only you can give them, Lord. And we thank you for what you're going to do over the next 21 days through a prayer and fasting, Lord, and what you're going to do the rest of our lives. And we ask that we give each and every one of our hearts and our minds to you. And we'll be sure to give you all the praise and the honor and glory. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Thank you, Father. Thank you so much. There is nothing easy about approaching the throne of grace. It's a humbling experience. But when we humble ourselves, there's so many benefits that come from it. And that's the thing. This walk is not going to be an easy walk over the next 21 days. And it's not just 21 days. It's the rest of our lives. That's what we need to understand. But we can do it only through Christ alone. He is our strength. He is our fortress. And he will help us get through it. You may return back to your seats. Thank you so much. If there's anyone here today who does not have a relationship with Jesus, they've never turned their lives over to Jesus before, um, it's not too late. It's never too late. So if you're here and, and you um, don't have a relationship with Jesus and you'd like to know how to, to have one, I'd ask that at the end of the service you see one of the ushers or see Pastor Gabe or myself, and we can help pray with you and lead you uh, to new life, new beginnings, and a new start. Because God's got great things for all of us. But we got to submit to him to receive them. So I'm just going to pray for us, and we're going to dismiss. Dear Lord, we just thank you for this day, Lord. You are so good, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that not every word that we heard for us today is, is, is for us, Lord, but that we find the specific words that are. Where we ask that as we implement and, and walk this journey with you, Lord, that we rely on you, Lord, for strength and wisdom and guidance, Lord. That we pray for others and take the focus off us, Lord. And most importantly, that each and every day, each and every minute, we draw closer to you. We thank you for all this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. Have a great week. If you got any questions about any of the prayer stuff, I can get you information on it. I can hook you up with the app. If you got any questions about salvation or, or becoming a child of God, please see one of the pastors here. Have a good afternoon.